Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Christopher Lane, author of the novel Screens. Chris, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks a lot, Jeff. I'm glad to be here. Sure. If someone hasn't heard about your novel Screens yet, how would you describe the novel? <laughs> so yeah, the novel is a hard, it's a bit hard to describe, but I guess the best way to put it is we live in an era of, of digital, digital media and conspiracy theories. And that's very much what the book is about. The book is about the consumption at the mass consumption. And what I posit in the book is the addiction that we, most of us have to uh, digital media. And the conspiracy theories that have seemed to have risen up out of this virtual world. And the book very much talks about the feeling of conspiracy theories and the feeling of digital addiction, the feeling of being unable to tear yourself away from your phone, your inability to stop looking at these devices that at one time were rather rare. If like we, maybe we had one television in our home or maybe we had one PC. But now everywhere we turn, these devices are. And the book is very much about that feeling of these devices, these screens everywhere we turn, as well as a, a pervading sense of conspiracy theory that we find ourselves surrounded nowadays with conspiracy theories. Uh, people believe, it seems like people believe almost anything nowadays. And that, that sense of something going on that we, something is going on that we don't want to imagine is happening. That is very much what the book is about. Gotcha. Do you remember the original impetus or idea that led you to write screens? <laughs> yeah, very much. I was talking to somebody about this the other day. Screens is, it, screens is an independent novel, but it is also part of this series of novels and novellas that I've been working on over the past, I'd say, about seven, eight years called Seven Coins Drowning. And the Seven Coins Drowning series, there's one for each of the seven deadly sins. So I've written the first three. <clears throat> And I really was happy with what I had done, but they were very much novellas. They were smaller pieces. I really enjoyed writing them. They had, they were dark and creepy and they were, I felt they were unique take on each of the seven deadly sins. And they, and I was saying to somebody the other day, they very much felt like Twilight Zone episodes or Outer Limits episodes, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. And so I, I had a lot of fun with them. So anyway, I, about, about 18 years ago, my family and I moved out of San Francisco and moved overseas. We moved to Wellington, New Zealand, and that's where I live now. But my company, the company that I started here, we have offices in the U.S. and our office is in Chicago, and we have also have an office down in San Diego. So I happened to be over in happened to be over in the states. I was in Chicago first, and I was going to San Diego. But I thought I'd take a little time. I hadn't been back to San Francisco really. Thought I'd take, I don't know, a couple of days to myself and just be back in San Francisco. I grew up there. It was my home. It felt a lot of connection to it. And this is probably, yeah, probably around 2015. <laughs> anyway, I'm on a Muni train, which is the public transit system to San Francisco. I'm on a Muni train. I'm looking around and I realize that I'm on this train and the only people who are not gawking into a phone are me and this old woman who's sitting by herself reading a book. And it just hit me an epiphany. I was looking around at everybody and the, the blank expression and the mouth slightly agape staring into their phones and clicking buttons and the zombie like autonomic manner in which people were staring at these phones really freaked me out. And this voice in my head, this sort of twisted muse said, you've got your next book. And that was it. All these different things that I had been churning over as a 
as an idea for my next book fell into place with that one moment. Now, to be fair, I wrote the first draft of screens in less than three months. It was a novella and I put it down and I read it back to myself about a month after I'd written it. And yeah, it was very much not what I wanted. It wasn't bad. It was just short. It didn't, it fell flat. And over the next, what I never realized at the time is over the next five years, that was going to be the journey I was going to take. I was going to work on that book again and again until I finally, after what ended up being a four-year period, wrote the entire book, wrote and edited and re-edited and redrafted the book. What was your writing journey before you wrote your first novel or novella? Had you always written? Yeah, I've, that's the thing is I started writing really young. I got into writing when I was probably, I'm going to say nine, nine years old. I remember telling stories to my friends that we would go to the movies and they would, we'd see some movie, whatever it was. I'm old enough to have been to say that when I was nine years old, that's when Star Wars came out. Oh, we'd go see fantasy movies or sci-fi movies. And then I was really into that. And then I would tell my friends stories about ideas that I had. And I remember that feeling of being really excited about telling other people's stories and how much I enjoyed it. And then what I found was that telling them the story wasn't enough, that I wanted to hear more of the story myself. And so I would start to tell the story to myself and then write it down. And it kind of went from there. Studied literature in school, both in high school and then in university. And I studied writing. And then my entire life, while I've had a Joe job, like pretty much all writers do. I have written my entire life. And so writing has always been in and out of my life in one way or another. Gotcha. And you talked about writing screens earlier. What was the writing process when you were working on it initially? Did you outline the novel extensively or are you more of an organic writer to see where the story goes? That's a great question. So I've gone through the traditional school of traditional writing school path where you write the outline, lay it out piece by piece, and you follow that outline from process or from beginning to end, filling in each of the pieces, you define each of your characters. I've gone through that whole process. It's fine and it, it can work. And I don't ever dissuade somebody from following it because it is good advice and it is very much a great path, particularly for certain types of books. It's a great way to organize your thinking that particularly for new writers, it can be quite daunting that you're like, yeah, I'm going to start writing a book and you start typing away and <laughs> you get halfway through and you're like, I don't know where to go with this. I don't know where this is headed. So outlining in the, the traditional path of writing a novel or writing a novella or a short story, whatever, is a great way to get started. My process is a little different now because I've been down that road and done that before. So I actually have a series of, or I have a series of articles on medium that I've written about writing. And one of them is about this very subject. And my process goes like this. So I start at the beginning with a, a character and they're in a specific situation, right? Whatever that situation is. And I think in my article, in the article I wrote, it was very much about this woman who finds herself transformed into a duck. So this woman, she finds herself, she's transformed into a duck. We know a little bit about why she's been transformed into a duck, but there she is. She's a duck. And the end of the story is her no longer a duck. And what are her feelings about not being a duck anymore? She's sad about it. She can't fly anymore, but she's happy because she's reunited with her family, mixed feelings, what have you. And then all I really ask of the person is to understand where you started, 
Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Emotionally, like where is your character beginning emotionally and where is your character ending both physically and emotionally? What are those two endpoints that we're looking at? And if you can do that, then the pieces in between are, that's up to you. You follow that path where it takes you. And that's not going to be a clean path because with an outlined style of writing, you very much know who all the characters are, very much who the the spots in the narrative are, you understand all that, but this is a much more organic process. The one thing that I did do, and which I recommend for people who want to try a different path of writing is really get to know who that person is, really get to feel who they are as a person, what they look like, what they dress, what they eat, what their feelings are, the kinds of things that they do in their day-to-day lives. Because the more you can understand that, the more you're going to get those creative juices flowing. Much like actors follow that method acting, in many ways, it's similar to that, that you understand the beginning, you understand the end, you really get to know the person before you start writing and just let it take you where it takes you. And that was very much the process for screens. Got it. So are you working on another novel now? I am. Yeah, I actually am. My new novel is, it's not, it's not a sequel to screens. It's very much a, a completely independent novel. Like I said, all of the stories in the Seven Coins Drowning series, they're all separate and distinct pieces. But because I'm one of those writer, reader nerds, I like to put sly little winks to the other stories. So yeah, so the first one has a little nod to the second one. The second one has a nod to the first one, et cetera, et cetera. And so I'm working on the the fifth book and while it's not a sequel, it has a lot of connections to screens. Got it. Given your writing thus far and the novels that you've published, what writing advice would you offer for those listeners who are working on their own stories and novels? I guess the only advice that most writers would give, or the one main piece of advice that I think most writers would give to either new writers or writers who are struggling to get through a piece is don't give up whatever don't give up it's so easy to give up it's so easy to feel discouraged that nobody try from trying to get your family and friends to read your book which is i don't understand why that's such a difficult task but it can be to edits and rewrites to rejections it all can feel very discouraging and the act of writing and editing can feel quite discouraging you work really hard on a book you read it later you're like this doesn't isn't really what i want I've already rewritten it twice. God, do I really want to rewrite this thing again? If you ultimately deep down inside feel like that piece is still worth its value, still worth its weight in gold, then don't give up on it. Keep trying, keep going, keep pushing because it can feel daunting and it can feel like the world kind of pushes back against you as a writer. But if you really truly feel like that piece has value, don't give up. Keep going with it. That's good advice. So. What novels or nonfiction books have you read recently that you enjoyed? Oh, gosh, there's a whole bunch of them. Gosh, I wish I had my Kindle. 
because I've got so many of them and I don't want to script these names. One second, Jeff, let me just see if I can sure. pop up my list here. Let's go a little computer, do your magic. There we go. So I've always been a very big fan of, yeah, this shit. So I've always been a very big fan of the writer Herman Hesse. I'm sure you're familiar with who that is. Herman Hesse was yes. a German yep. writer in the 30s. So I've been rereading all of his work. I just finished rereading Journey to the East. Let's see. I'm reading Just So by Alan Watts. It's one of Alan Watts's many books. And for people who've never read Alan Watts, I can't recommend him highly enough. He's had a bit of a resurgence in the last couple of years, and I'm not sure why, but it's great. As far as other fiction writers, right now I'm reading a couple of things. So I'm reading uh, A Cosmology of Monsters by Sean Hamill which is it's great. It's really creepy and I won't read it at night. Let's see here. I'm reading it by Hugh Thomas. He wrote a complete history of the Spanish Civil War, which has been a, t a tough read because he's a really dense writer, but his work is great. Let's see. What else have I been reading? Oh, this one I recommend. There's two that I really recommend as far as fiction. The two that I would really recommend fiction-wise that I've read really recently is To Rouse Leviathan by Matt Carden. That is a very interesting book. I don't know if you've know who, if you read that book. Yeah, I'm not uh, familiar with that. Okay, so To Rouse Leviathan is a cosmic horror slash... It's cosmic horror mixed with religious studies. So he does an amazing... Matt. Cardin and who's the other person on the book? I'm trying to remember. But anyway, Matt Cardin is the uh, is the main author. And I can't remember who designed his cover. It's a really creepy, cool cover. But the book is very much a combination of cosmic horror mixed with sort of religious studies that these various figures find themselves who are religious in one way or another, but they find themselves as they go through their religious studies, they find themselves trapped in these horrific moments. And it's not so much cosmic horror lovecraftian horror in the sense that there's lots of references to cthulhu and lovecraft's monsters though there is some of that but it's very much about cosmic horror as an epiphany and i was really drawn in by his book i absolutely loved it let's see that's what's her name i think it's becky chambers the long way to a small angry planet it's a sci-fi novel that one's amazing becky chambers i wow what a great job she does of creating not just characters, but their relationships. They feel really solid and real, not to mention it's a great sci-fi read. So yeah, I've been reading that. And just trying to think there was something else that I wanted to, oh, that's right. There are two others. Yeah. So the other two of them are, there's a novella by a guy named Cameron Blackwell. I'm reading his book called The Crystal Eggs. It's sort of how do I explain this? It's retro sci-fi, like that old Buck Rogers kind of style. It's interesting piece of work. I'm really enjoying that. And then I'm reading a couple of cookbooks. One of them is the classic American Jewish deli. Oh, and finally, I'm reading, rereading Planet of the Apes by Pierre Buell. That's great. <laughs> Where can people find you online if they want to learn more about you and your novels? Yeah usual places. So for example, you can find me on Facebook, all the social media stuff, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, I'm on Medium. And my handle is Domingo, D-O-M-I-N-G-O, Ladrone, L-A-D-R-O-N. 
Domingo Ladrone, one big word. Domingo Ladrone, for those who don't speak Spanish, means the Sunday thief, which I thought was a interesting title. And the reason I use the name is it's a name of one of my characters. You can also go to my website. My website is Christopher Lane, L-A-I-N-E dot net. Um, Great. Yeah. Well, again, we've been speaking with Christopher Lane, author of the new novel Screens. The novel is on sale now, so go buy a copy. And Chris, thanks for doing this interview. Oh, Jeff, thank you. It's, it's been fantastic, man. Thank you so much. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.